Hey guys, welcome back to Maury's Music. Today's podcast is going to feature the Martin Road series. My name's Maury Rutch. And I'm Spoon Phillips. And we have a lot to talk about. Spoon, how are you doing today? I am doing just great. It's, uh, it's always great to be back. I kind of wish I was in Coaldale, but I'm here at home in Brooklyn, New York. And, uh, and have been uh, checking out some of the New Road series models online, actually, recently. So you're the one in New York that wants to be in Coldale. I knew there was somebody. <laughs> yeah, I know. Sometimes it's the opposite, but. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I want to first ask you a little bit about how much you know about the Road Series, and maybe can you comment on how long it's been around? Sure. The original Road Series began in the uh, mid-1990s. In 1996, they put out a guitar called the DM. And uh, I, to this day cannot remember why they called them M, but the original Road Series, there was the DM, and that was followed shortly by the Triple OM and the OMM and so forth. Uh, They were immediately very well received. They were even more affordable than the D1 at that time and the D1R. And the Road Series from the very beginning uh, was designed with touring musicians in mind. And the first person I knew that owned a DM played an HD-28 as his favorite guitar, but he bought a DM to take into on the road to Honky Tonks and those kind of places where he could uh, plug and play an acoustic electric guitar that still sounded good um, as an acoustic guitar without having to take his prized Martin uh, with him into to rowdy uh, performance spaces. Interesting. And I, I wonder if I could ask you, do you know anybody who owned a D1? Uh, yes. I, I actually know two people that are good friends of mine, and one of them is named Mari Ruch. <laughs> you walked right into that one. I, I, uh, I'm proud <laughs> to say that was my very first Martin guitar. I want to say the year was 1996, maybe 95. And I could not believe that a Martin guitar fell into my price range. And I, I mean, I grew up just just loving that brand. And, and I was, ever since I really discovered, you know, Simon and Garfunkel and a lot of great acoustic music like CSN, as soon as I figured out what that stuff was, uh, my radar was just completely and blindly aimed at Martin guitar. When I, when I finally had an opportunity to get a D1, that was my first Martin. And, and of all these these live streams and, and virtual tours and, and conversations I've had with you and other people, I'm a little bit embarrassed to say, I think this might be the first time I've ever said that on the air. My first Martin guitar was a D1, so that was a precursor even to the Road Series in general. Uh, well, I'm not surprised. They, uh, Like you said, it all of a sudden opened up Martin guitars to people who at that time could only dream about owning a D18. I had a, uh, a roommate, a friend of mine's stepbrother moved in right from college with boxes and boxes of tapes of bootlegs from Bruce Springsteen and the Grateful Dead and, and all that and had admired my guitar playing and my guitars. And so I helped him pick out uh, a guitar that turned out to be a D1. It was quite successful as an instrument and uh, in general. And he learned more uh, studying over the first year than I had probably learned in my first 10 years and still has it. Uh, he lives in Pittsburgh now. 
but the road series that came out right after that offered um it's very similar to what they're they are now the road series today most of those guitars have a a solid core of african mahogany with a an attractive veneer on the outside of them so they're not uh, they're not a veneer guitar in the old traditional sense of being plywood it's still got a uh, piece of solid wood that then has attractive wood on the, on the outside and the difference is some there are still some uh, road series being made today that actually have solid back and sides it really depends on the particular model but the original road series they were all that kaya is the species of african mahogany kaya core with uh with some sort of veneer on the outside that, that brings up a really good question i have for you uh, mike dickinson a good friend of ours from martin guitar uh, if I'm not mistaken, he's he's currently working in the part of the company that either helps to source wood or he's sometimes the guy that's in the jungle with a safari hat and, and finding these logs and this lumber. Uh, I thought I overheard you guys both talking about the argument, why wouldn't Martin want to use, for example, in a GPC-13E or an SC-13E, when you have the fine koa veneer that's going to be sandwiched around the kaya that, that you speak of, can you kind of bring us back into that conversation you had with Mike? Why or why not Martin chose to do it that way instead of finding solid pieces of the same wood? Um, yeah, it was really uh, M Michael. Uh, Michael is one of the wood buyers, and he focuses on, for the most part, the alternative woods. Uh, Linda, she's still, if she hasn't retired yet, I know she's getting pretty close, but she was forever the wood buyer when it came to mahogany rosewood. Uh, and those kind of woods. And Michael does everything else. And that safari hat you mentioned uh, was actually a gift from me <laughs> when he got that job. And, oh, that's um, right. <laughs> and, uh, but um, it was actually Tim Teal who just told me recently that, the, that their research showed that in that price range that people wanted um, beautiful looking guitars and that that was more important to a great deal of their customers. And some of those, and now that they're using the Zeracote, and uh, some of that stuff is just magnificent wood. Zeracote is, uh, is difficult to work with. It breaks easily when they're trying to bend it. It's fine once it's bent. And not only do they not, are they not able to find it in the quantities required to start making solid Zeracote uh, models, um, you can get it as a custom shop order. But same thing with the koa, as some of this koa is really is really good looking koa. And as a veneer, they could get a lot more of it because it's a much thinner you know, slice. So they, they tried it as an experiment and their sound tests were all very favorable. And so it's cost effective. These guitars, if they tried to use solid koa, A, you would be getting a lot of drab looking koa and B, it would cost a lot more than uh, the, the guitar would just end up having to cost a lot more. And so it's a price point thing. And Martin's always been going back to the 1800s. So I was very concerned about where their products fit in, in their product range and, and offering uh, guitars at various prices. Huh. And remind me, what grade were you in in the 1800s? <laughs> well, you should respect your elders. <laughs> I will try. I will try. Um, Before I come out there and box your ears, young fella. 
Where do you, um, what's your opinion as far as the tonal properties? When we talk about this solid piece of kaya with fine veneer on both sides for that sandwich, uh, what that really means is when you look inside uh, D13E Cody, the inside of the back is that fine veneer. It's not just like they put the pretty wood on the outside of the guitar and left the inside unchanged. Can you speak to that point? Uh, yes, I was, when this first happened with the modern series, uh, modern road series, when they came out with the Koa veneers, I was surprised when I showed up at the factory and went into the sound testing room and, and I thought, you know, is, is my eyes playing tricks on my ears and that I was hearing this high overtone shimmer in the trebles that sounded like Koa. And uh, I had originally gone in skeptical thinking, okay, well, these are all Kaya veneers. So these guitars are really all essentially Kaya guitars. And so does that mean they're all going to sound the same, no matter what veneer you use? And it turned out that's not the case. And mm -hmm. it's because they're lining the inside of the guitar with the Koa. And the, what finally proved it to me uh, once and for all was the first time I played the Zero Cote fine veneer. Clearly sounds different. Everything's I mean, basically identical uh, in terms of the guitar, except for the veneer. And the Zero Cote definitely sounds warmer and darker and has more mid-range overtone to it. And the Koa is much more, has much more of that very clear notes that's closer to sounding like mahogany or maple, except for that high complexity shimmer. So the veneers lining the inside of the guitar with the veneer, actually, that's what's reflecting the sound waves. So it's actually coloring the tone in the, very much the same way that a solid piece of Zeracodi or a solid piece of Koa would. So to your point, is it fair to say that if Martin made two guitars one being solid Kaya back and sides and no veneer, that would sound like mahogany. And if Martin made a solid back and sides of solid Koa, that would clearly sound like Koa. Is it fair to say that the way they make them now, with only the core being Kaya and the veneer being Koa, that that sounds more like solid Koa or more like solid mahogany? Oh, well, like I was saying, I was surprised that it sounded like Koa. And, but then I thought it makes sense. When Christian Martin first started building guitars in America, a great many of his early guitars uh, were lined on the inside. So, so they were, um, I can't remember if they were lined with spruce or cedar, but, but that was really where the tone was coming from. It wasn't coming from the rosewood back and sides or whatever, you know, the Powell Pharaoh or whatever he was using uh, for back and sides. It was coming from that interior sound chamber. And then at some point, somebody, either he or his son or somebody in the company, began to realize, well, if you make it without that in inner sound chamber wood, that you're then hearing the color, the tonal coloring of the, the actual back and sides. So that's a long answer to say that it doesn't sound like an African mahogany guitar, like I thought it would. It would be pretty easy to test this out because you can buy Road Series Dreadnoughts in solid Sapele. So that is a solid African mahogany. It's not the exact same species, but I would guess if there's any difference with these Road Series guitars that have gone back to using a Kaya core with a fine veneer on the outside, that the solid Sapele back and side guitars might be more resonant. 
I, that's just a total guess because it's a slightly thicker piece of wood. It's app and it's operating as a one die. You know, when it's when it's vibrating in that sort of drumhead diaphragm way and and creating the the sound waves that are going to go out the sound hole. Maybe the solid wood might be a little more complex, a little more robust, or a little more resonant, but I've never tried to test that out to see if that's really true. I was just surprised that the Zeracody veneer guitars and the Koa veneer guitars sounds as uh, as different from one another as they do. So we're talking about the Road Series from Martin Guitar. In your professional opinion, who are these guitars for? Well, uh, Martin's opinion, they'll tell you they're for professional musicians, and they, they have always aim this at perform what they called performing musicians. And so I would say it's a broad target audience. You have people who own a D45 that doesn't want to take their D45 on the road or doesn't want to take their D45 into small performance spaces where there's going to be a bunch of people, you know, carousing around. And you have people who are just now looking to step up to their first professional level acoustic electric guitar. And that's the other thing now. The modern road series come as acoustic electric instruments. They have only recently offered the D12 without electronics, which I think is a wonderful idea because it's a really nice sounding guitar for people who, who either don't want to, um, but I guess we'll get to that when we start talking about the models, but we'll, we'll, we should talk about that a little bit later. But okay. um, yeah, it's, it's designed for people who are going to get out in front of an audience and really need a, you know, a quality pickup system in a guitar that also sounds good with a microphone. You know, they aim it for people who, who actually record music at home and in studios, the whole, the whole works. So it's their affordable line of professional uh, level instruments. So let me ask you a question, Maury. Uh, when you mentioned professional opinion, you've been selling Martin guitars for many years uh, to earn your bread and cheese. And over those years, during the years where you could have walk-in customers, which hopefully will be happening again soon, what percentage would you say people came in to play Martin guitars of various levels and ended up taking home a Road Series instrument? If I'm remembering correctly, I, I think the Road Series almost always had uh, an equal opportunity to, to catch somebody's attention and keep it. It seems like a lifetime ago since it was really happening, but if somebody would come in, it wouldn't be out of the ordinary for them to ask us, can I see what you have in an OM size? I know I like long scale. I know I like one and three quarter. Uh, what do you have in, in that you know kind of thing? And I would say to them, you know, probably these nine or 10. Uh, and once you get past the questions about you know budget and do you prefer rosewood or mahogany? And we would go through a long list of what questions can we can we ask that helps speed up the process and only put the right guitars in front of these customers and see which what's not going to waste their time. More often than not, you, you know, you might see somebody wanted to play a, a D28, a D18, and they ended up playing something similar in the Road Series, something in the X Series. It really depended on their budget to go a lot higher than that. But many times when somebody was presented with an opportunity to buy the same kind of guitar in the X Series and the Road Series and maybe a 16 and then a standard series, I think more than half the time, a road series instrument was in their final decision. I'm not sure if they left with the road series 50% of the time, but almost never happened in a way where people just dismissed it 
sometimes the final decision was just, you know, this one's made in Mexico, the standard's made in Nazareth, and there are those customers that'll come into a store and just have something on their mind. They wanna buy a, a, a Nazareth-made Martin, and that's just at the top of their wish list, and it kind of influences where they go and which direction they pursue the purchase. But I, I would say at least half of the people ended up buying a Road Series guitar that had an opportunity to play one against a standard and a 16. That leads me to something I would ask you. When people want to say the term, I want a Nazareth made Martin, I want something made in USA, can you speak to the point that we should be fully transparent? These road series instruments from Martin are made in their Navajoa facility in Mexico. But I've always been told by some people that I really trust at the Martin Guitar Company that if you just teleported yourself into the Mexico facility at Martin, you would not know you're not in Nazareth. They're they're so similar. The build quality, the machinery, the training and the tools and the employees, everything is done the same way. It's just as if you take the Nazareth plant and, and you know, forklift it across the border. Uh, what can you say about that? Well, I've heard the same thing. I've never actually been there myself, but there again, if you, if you wanted to think about electric guitars and the the uh, classic uh, comparison is the Mexican-made Fenders, you know, Stratocasters or whatever. And there are people that I want something made in the USA, um, but there are other people that play a Mexican-made Strat and absolutely love it. And, you know, and they're very happy to have the much lower price tag because it's just a reality of, of the American way of life that wages are much higher here and wages and benefits and all that stuff. And it's just, you know, it's just part of... Uh, it's part of the reality. You mentioned budgets, and I think when, uh, the one sort of uh, guitar player that haven't had their say in this discussion are the people who would love to have a D18 or a D28, but they can't justify the, the price because they have other priorities. They have a fan, you know, they have a family, they have, they have, you know, a boat at the lake. They have, you know, they they have to decide where their money is going to go. And but they want the best guitar that they can get. They like the Martin sound. They like the Martin, the tradition that's behind Martin, and uh, the Road Series offers a lot of those kind of people an opportunity to to own a Martin guitar with the kind of tone that they you know they can play for four hours alone in a room and and never be bored with. And sure, there's going to be people who who want something made at the factory. And if they're really going to stick with that, then they can look at the 15 series and the 16 series to try to find something. But if their true budget just won't allow them to come up to that price point, you get a lot of guitar with a uh, Road Series Martin. And I should really take my foot at least halfway back out of my mouth. I did not mean to imply that the Mexican-made Martins are exactly the same as the Nazareth-made instruments, with the only difference being where the factory is. There's one key component that I honestly, unintentionally glossed over. These uh, Road Series Martin guitars are made with what's called the mortise and tenon neck joint, not the traditional dovetail neck joint found on standard series guitars made in Nazareth. What's your take on the M&T? versus the dovetail construction completely taking the factory location out of the equation? Well, to take a look at the mortise and tenon neck joint outside of how it fits into Martin, uh, that actually goes all the way back to the late 60s or early 70s. And I believe Michael Gurian is credited with inventing that kind of neck joint. And 
technically a dovetail is a mortise and a tendon, but the uh, tenon rather. Um, but the dovetail, the traditional dovetail, is a very wide V piece of wood that's shaped like the tail of a bird. You know, that's where it comes from. And um, and the mortise and tenon was much more very slender uh, mortise fitting and tenon fitting together. But um, so it was used by a variety of uh, of uh, builders over the years. Martin started using it on the D1. And so everything below the standard series had a mortise and tenon. All the 16s starting in 1996 on up and the 15s, they were all uh, M&T neck joint uh, guitars until they invented the, the simple dovetail, which is actually, uh, it's actually created and cut by a, a amazing robot. And uh, and then sometimes finished by hand if it doesn't fit entirely perfectly, but it really fits remarkably well. And it is a simpler version than the dovetail. It's not as big in terms of how how much mass is involved in that neck joint. But I think the simple dovetail neck joint guitars sound virtually identical to the traditional dovetail uh, guitars. The M&T neck guitars, to my ear, sound different. Um, they're still Martins. And like going back to the 16s again, or the original Aura guitars, all those guitars that had uh, Morrison tendon, it's not as thick and throaty a sound to my ear. It's very uh, vibrant top notes um, that sound like they're kind of separated from the undertone in a way that a lot of non-Martin modern guitars sound all the way up to you know, people whose guitars cost $25,000, they, a lot of builders today don't use traditional dovetail neck joints. And and um, so the M&T sound to me is very clear, crisp, clean. Uh, they sound brighter than their, than their dovetail neck joint counterparts, if you will. So it's not, it's not exactly the same, but it's still, uh, it's still a Martin sound and one that's huh. been around since the since the mid nineteen I mean nineteen nineties, basically. And I've been told to put this into context for our listeners: if you make twenty five mortise and tenon necks and twenty five mortise and tenon bodies, they can all be interchanged. And when it comes time for production, you can find any of those bodies, any of those necks, make it fit. And at least that's part of the reason that that the process gets streamlined equals the process is less expensive. Is it true to say that uh, because the dovetail neck joint, when the Martin guitar starts in production in a dovetail instrument, they give the neck and the, and the uh, body a serial number, and those two things get separated at the beginning. After all the production happens and all the different stages of the, the way that a guitar is created at Martin, eventually that specific neck finds that specific body because they're the only two that fit together. Do you believe without you know taking two hours to answer this do you believe that's part of the reason that a dovetail neck joint does make for a better connection yeah i think so and and there is a you know there's a craftsperson craftswoman craftsman sitting craftsman sitting there and fine tuning with a with a hand chisel you know to make that fit it is the single most expensive thing about a martin guitar save the the cost of the pearl uh, artisans inlaying a d45 but it requires the workers that have make the highest wage in the factory the highest skilled workers and and it is the longest most lengthy thing that happens in the making of a martin guitar and it's why stand it's 
it is the number one reason the standard series instruments are so much more expensive than the uh, 16s and everything below that. So it, you know, you, while I say you get what you pay for with a, uh, when you've got a standard series guitar, again, a lot of people are perfectly happy with Martins that, that don't cost that much. And I've said for years that the Mar uh, road series is the best bang for the buck. Uh, when it comes to getting a Martin guitar, uh, and then we uh, we will certainly talk about the X series um, at some point, but not today. And and that's another option as well. But I think if you're really looking for tone versus expenditure, um, the Road series is really hard to beat. Not just in the Martin lineup, but it, but competitively uh, in American uh, uh, guitar manufacturing. Oh, I'd completely agree with that last point. I mean, if you're going to spend between 800 and 1000 bucks, you really, really have to look pretty far uh, to get what you're getting in the Road Series from Martin. And that brings me to my next question for you. What are your experiences with the Road Series, either as an owner, player, or in the audience? Because I know you bop around to a lot of places in New York City, and I, I'll go out on a limb and say you must have seen some of these in, in bars and pubs. And, and what can you tell me about that? Yeah, that's absolutely true. I have not uh, ever owned a, uh, a road series um, instrument, but um, I have uh, certainly seen them at open mics in, in, in uh, New York. There was a, a place that I used to play with a trio and the early part of the evening was uh, sort of a young singer songwriter showcasey thing. And that was very, very common to see road series instruments at that event. And, um, and like I said, I, I know a guy who, you know, was a professional. He was actually uh, worked at a now uh, long gone guitar store here in New York City, but but was a, you know, basically full-time gigging musician who played a, a Road Series Dreadnought uh, for any any time he was, you know, gigging. And you see him subway buskers, you know, it's, 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 uh, it is a pretty common occurrence in New York City. Let's take a minute to listen to a sound sample of a Martin Road Series guitar. Here's the GPC-11E. So, Maury, I have another question for you. I would like to know, from your opinion, what are the uh, most popular Road Series instruments? And, and maybe we should, before we go, maybe we should go through each of the levels, the 10, the, the, you know, the 12, the 13, and talk about you know, what, what sets them apart from one another. How's that sound? If you're asking me what the most popular Road Series model has been for us, I probably would point to the GPCs. Uh, there's a GPC in more than one trim level here, and 
historically, and, and I could be wrong, the GPC is not the most popular body size for Martin. When you look at any series, whether it's the Road Series or the X's, the 16's, I think when it comes to other series, we do better with the Dreads and the OM's. I'm really happy with the way we sell GPC 11's, GPC 13's, especially now with the, uh, the brand new Zero Cody's that came out a few months ago. I would say GPC's in general are the more popular uh, road series guitars here at Maury's Music. In a bigger umbrella, what, what Martin thinks of that and other stores, but here at Maury's Music, it's probably the GPC's. Well, the grand performance body size, uh, with the cutaway especially, is a very uh, modern, uh, progressive guitar design. And those kind of, the, uh, some people call them small jumbos or mini jumbos, had been around for a long time. And, and it really wasn't until uh, Taylor came out with their size 14 that it re really took on a greater popularity. And Martin's version of that kind of mini jumbo, I think appeals more to younger players and younger players by and large tend to have a budget that's going to bring them into the road series you mentioned the gpc 11 that's one of those guitars that has solid that's an all solid wood guitar that's got the solid sapele back and sides and a solid citrus spruce stomp and uh again great bang for the buck also perhaps with the m t neck joint you have that sort of more modern sound to it compared to the dovetail neck joint and i think that that slightly deeper, slightly wider than an OM body um, would lend itself to adding a little more oomph in the mids and the low mids. And that may be one of the reasons those guitars uh, are as popular as they are. We should probably take this opportunity to let our listeners know what we mean when we say 11, we say 10. Uh, there basically are different trim levels within the road series. And sometimes people casually say something like, I've seen an 11 series Martin or a 13 series Martin. That's not the series, that's the trim. Inside the road series, you have 10, 11, 12, and 13. Can you comment briefly about which trims mean which things? So yes, this was Chris Martin's idea. He felt that the original naming conventions for the road series was too busy and complicated. Uh, by the time you get into pickups and cutaways and stuff, he felt like he used to call it hieroglyphics. So he got rid of the DM blah, 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 and wanted to go extend the idea of the traditional Martin naming convention like D18, style 18 means mahogany back and sides and a spruce top and blah, blah, blah. So when you get down in the road series, it's not, a, it's not the 11 series, like the 15 series. It's like you said, 11 is the level of trim. And I would still call it to me, because I'm old, old fashioned Martin, style 11. So you have 10, you have 11, you have 12, you have 13. Style 10 is solid sapele back and sides and a solid sapele top, but it doesn't have any binding. So it's the simplest, um, most affordable you know, satin body finish, um, white domino dots, that, that Art Deco white dot fretboard that Martin brought into, uh, into their guitars in the 1930s. Um, and it will either have a black pickguard or a tortoiseshell pickguard, depending on the availability. So you may see them online or in shops with one or the other, but it's still the same guitar. And it looks, to me in my eye, it looks like style 17 from the 1930s, which was very yeah. simple, very woody looking guitar. Um, though it has the modern day black and white uh, rosette 
And then when you get up into style 11, style 11, you have the option of having the solid sapele top or a solid spruce top. And then you get binding, you get like a dark binding. So those make those guitars, the spruce top one, look more like style 18, except it has the new perloid, uh, which is very cool. You know, it's faux, it's faux mother pearl with figuring in it that and the sound hole rosette. So you don't get the traditional black and white ply lines. You get this solid shimmery uh, piece of perloid. And, uh, but otherwise still got the domino dots. And so it's a, like a step up with a, with a rose, I mean, not, not a rose, with a spruce top or a sapelli top. Um, and like you said, the, G, uh, the GPC is uh, one of the more popular guitars in that line, lineup. When you get up into 12, that's where you get into the fine coa veneers. And um, they were making some 12s with uh, some solid tone woods. I think that's all been suspended uh, because of the whole COVID supply chain thing. Martin yeah. is really focusing on the most popular models. That doesn't mean the, that they're getting rid of them entirely. But if these veneer, beautiful, fine veneer guitars continue to sell well, that may be what they just go with. And uh, do you have any 12s? Yeah, you have some 12s in stock right now, don't you? We do. We have the D12E, which is the traditional with the pickup system, and the limited edition D12, uh, which Martin just released not too long ago. And I think it was one of the uh, guitars you've done in our most recent video session, which is really interesting because you get to get a D12 with no pickup at all. And I think that's going to be aimed at anybody who, A, doesn't need a pickup at all, or B, uh, you might want to put your own kind of pickup in. But yeah, the, the 12s are in stock here at the time of this taping. And I really think uh, one of the next videos I'm going to put together uh, that you helped me with was the D12 versus a D18. Uh, because uh, going back to one of the quotes from that video, the D12 and the Road Series in general is such a bang for your buck. But yeah, we do have the 12s right now. Yeah, the fact that I'm glad you brought that up because that's 12, what I would call style 12, but that level of trim, that was made to specifically please Chris Martin. He wanted a Road Series instrument that looked like a traditional Martin. So it's got a traditional Martin rosette. I don't know if it's the, exactly the same as a D28 or a... Uh, for a while, the D18 and the D28 had the same rosette. Now the D18 is now back to a vintage style 18 rosette. But the D12 has a rosette that has a single ring on the outside and then multiple rings on the inside. So it looks like, with a black pickguard, it looks like a D18 uh, from the 1990s and uh, the early 20th century. So, so, and I love the fact that they are offering these up without uh, pickups. And they might do more of that if they sell well, because some people don't need a pickup, one thing, but still want the price point. Other people don't like the sound of a Fishman Undersaddle pickup. So if they want to have a pickup installed, um, like a K&K &K or, or a, uh, a Trance Amulet, which is similar to the system that Neil Young uses in his Martins, they can buy this and then put in, have any pickup they want, or just use a sound hole pickup or, you know, use something like that. So, so I think that's a really cool idea. Though it is nice to have the plug and play aspect of the factory installed with a, with a volume and tone sweep wheel inside the sound hole and, and that uh, battery entry uh, at the, at the butt end of the guitar and all that. So I can see the appeal uh, to either one. 
And I believe right now still the D12 is still available in Salad Sapelli, as well as in the very beautiful Koa veneer. Um, but I believe from some of my Martin insiders is the solid wood version may be going away for a w at least for a while so they can focus, uh, so they can uh, use that wood for some of their other models. But that may not be true. I don't know if that's really going to happen or not. Well, as usual, you will find out way before me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry I, about uh, that. Uh, that's okay. It's funny. Lori and I have been in business since 03, and we are still trying to figure out how did Spoon know that? I don't even know that. And she just shrugs her shoulders like, I don't know. <laughs> you know. Well, um, yeah. it's. Uh... I, can see, I can see you smiling through this podcast. Stop it. <laughs> Get that grin off your face. Yeah. My Cheshire, my Cheshire grin. Um, <laughs> so yes, and then so that's the traditional road series. If you want a Martin that looks like a traditional Martin with a traditional rosette, um, the D12 is the way to go. And then you have the 13s with the uh, you know beautiful veneers, and um, and they're a little you know they're just a little fancier, just like in other Martin series. Up as you go up the food chain, you get into bright white binding. And you get into, um, what else do you get with the 13s? Well, now there's new Zeracote. And then, of course, that's full where they're gloss. putting the full gloss. Thank you. Full gloss body. And that's where you get into the uh, into the SC, the special SC models. So the SC-13E, the SC-1380 Zeracote, the, the SC-13 special, um, and, uh, you know, special sunburst. Um, I guess the Zeracote is the special, and then they have the, zero, uh, the special sunburst. Uh, which has a a uh, amber burst that is not exactly like their other amber bursts, and uh, I think that's you know those are also really cool guitars. Okay, so looking at the road series globally, you can do triple O, dreadnought, dreadnought cutaway, uh, GPC, SC, and you can go from trim ten all the way to trim thirteen. Two part question for Spoon Phillips on the record: What is your favorite size? And what is your favorite tone wood? Oh, well, I was always the triple O OM man for most of my life. But um, but when it comes to the road series, first of all, I always really liked the 12s. I liked the traditional look of the triple O 12 and the D12. But that was until the Zero Cody veneer guitars showed up. The fine Zero Cody veneer, when I actually played them and realized how much that zero Cody on the inside was filling up the voice with that rosewood like richness and, and mid range harmonics. I think those GPCs uh, 13s with zero Cody just look and sound awesome. I like, of course I like the new cool SC 13s as well, the 13 fret hybrid, but, but um that's something we may want to talk about in more detail at another time, those guitars specifically, because they're just, even though they're in the Road Series, they're genuinely different than the other Road Series guitars. And we could probably talk about, you know, spend an entire hour just talking about those. So I'll go with the uh, GPC 13E Zeracote. Tell him what he's won. <laughs> <laughs> My affection. <laughs> I'm proud to have it. <laughs> well, this has been a really cool conversation, Spoon. I, re I really think the Road Series is definitely worth you know talking about in depth. I know a lot of my customers and our listeners really, really owe it to themselves 
to put the road series on their list. I'm not even sure those players who were looking to spend, you know, between 800 and $2,000, I'm not sure everybody really puts the road series high up on the list. I want to say on the record, uh, if you're looking to spend any kind of money on a Martin guitar, even if you can justify spending a lot more than this, you owe it to yourself to take a look at some of these Road Series instruments, especially if you're one of those players that are going to take it on stage and find a good use to have for having a uh, pickup system on board. The Road Series instruments from Martin Guitar are a really, really great solution. And uh, I think it's uh, it's been a really good conversation from my end. Can you think of anything else, Bone? Well, that's a very good place to wind up. I remember seeing somebody in concert, and I honestly can't remember who it was. It wasn't Counting Crows, wasn't Bare Naked Ladies, but it was somebody in that genre era. And their guitar player kept changing guitars every song. Somebody would bring him, you know, that he was in the big time. He had this huge collection. He had almost every small luthier brand you could think of and all of the big luthier brands you could think of, and they all sounded exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> because, because they were coming through a pickup and a preamp and a board and a sound system and giant speakers in a giant hall and there was virtually no difference in the tone so if you're going to be out there looking for a guitar that you like to play we didn't even mention the necks in these guitars these guitars are made with the performing artist profile which is a very comfortable very low. It's not their lowest, but it's got a different shape than the modified low oval. So it feels to me like I'm flattening my hand out a little more and it reminds me of, of electric guitars a little more. And uh, we didn't even get into that. But if you're looking for a guitar that you're mainly going to use plugged in so that you're mainly going to be hearing the Fishman pickup system and whatever pedals you're going through, the Road Series is a no-brainer in terms of the Again, best bang for the buck. That's a really good point. I could imagine a lot of our customers and our listeners considering spending money on a standard series Martin and then putting an undersaddle pickup in that and taking it to a gig. It certainly isn't fair to say that they don't have a different experience in their hands and, and the way a guitar feels when you're playing it means as much or more than what the audience is hearing. But I'd be willing to bet if you put an undersaddle Fishman in a D28 and take it on stage, put it up against uh, a D12E, you're going to get a very, very similar sound at front of house where the audience is hearing you. And I'll, I'll, put that, uh, I'll put that argument up against anybody. I really do believe that these guitars are an extremely good value. And I think if you're, like you said, if you're, the end result is to get a good stage sound and have a good sounding Martin guitar. Uh, if you're not looking at the Road Series, you're just not doing your uh, due diligence. And another cool thing, people ask me what I like about the Road Series, and I often forget to mention the onboard tuner. There's an onboard tuner in the sound hole, and that's just a big plus for people on stage to tune up very quickly. It mutes the sound when you turn it on, very quickly tune up without having to go look for a tuner or look down at a tuner or whatever. It's right there. Um, one more reason for people to think about Road Series guitars. Well, thanks, Spoon. This has been a really interesting conversation. I do believe the Road Series is certainly worth a look, and hopefully our listeners got some good value out of this podcast. From all of us at Maury's Music, thanks for listening. We look forward to you joining us next time. This has been a presentation of Maury's Music, your trusted source for Martin and Blue Ridge guitars. Find us online at maurysmusic.com. <laughs>